victims, for those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. One and all to The Horror Returns, the greatest show on earth. We have a dancing pig. Uh, we, we have talks of doing a musical, THR musical. We've got B back with us, so we'll, we're, we'll be rolling out the, um, the sequel, the unauthorized sequel to uh, the, the John Travolta flick with Moose in it. So should be a big night, but uh, I'm Lance. Yeah, definitely getting sued. <laughs> I think we already have, we've been fucked with enough. I don't want to be fucked with it anymore. Um, having to redo every goddamn fucking episode that we've ever recorded. Um, all right, so uh, tonight, in case you couldn't tell, I've got Brian and Philip here with me, and since I did say B, that must mean what, Brian? It's the Cage Rage, the return. This is third, fourth, fifth. How many times I think have we it's done? the. This has to be the fourth, I think. B, maybe you can tell us. You've never missed. Uh, I, <clears throat> I believe this is the fourth Cage Rage episode we've done for the show. And well deserved, right? Indeed, indeed. Definitely right. not the last. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> we race. we got to remember. Exactly. Well, we got to remember, like, Nicolas uh-huh. Cage is playing Dracula in a film that's coming out next year, so that'll be worth uh, the, uh, right. the next one. We'll have to do. It's, yeah. got a, it's got a Western coming out, too. That is true. Are you serious? It'll never be complete until he plays Superman. Exactly. Te- technically, he did. He voiced <laughs> Superman. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, yeah, right. true. That is all very right. true. <laughs> well, all right. So, no Cage Superman in my life. <laughs> well, tonight it's not Superman, Philip. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do Pig, and but not uh, that far off from last year, and also the the unbearable weight of massive talent uh, that you can still catch. So we'll do spoiler alerts for that one. Um, but before we get started, Deed, I think you've been on enough times that you know we like to start with a little thing called Cool of the Week. Indeed, indeed. And uh, i got to be honest, I haven't really seen much this week because, you know, I've been busy with work and just life in general. But I did manage to see a few things. And I think this is the two I'm going to discuss are ones I think we're all going to be talking about. Uh, First up, of course, I did go on opening day to see uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And I'm sure you're the only one of the four of us that have. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but uh, I won't spoil anything because, you know, it's only just come out. So I don't want to, you know, give away any of the things that happened in that movie. But it's a lot of fun. I would say it's like next level Marvel, like film, like, you know, like Endgame or No Way Home or anything like that. But it's a pretty okay. solid Doctor Strange sequel that has some pretty cool surprises, kind of opens up 
where you know the MCU is definitely going to go over the next couple of years because you know it's dealing with the multiverse. Sorry, <laughs> and uh, and also like you know it's got Sam Raimi back in the director's chair after nine years, and I can tell you guys right now, it definitely feels very much like a Sam Raimi film when you watch it. Oh, that was that was going to be my big question. If, if it, you could tell it was a, a Raimi film or not. Oh yeah, like he, uh, like all of his sort of stylistic choices are very prominent throughout the film, and also he gets away with some pretty surprising violent moments. Yeah, uh, throughout it as well. So really, so I would, I'm not going to say it's like full on graphic or anything like that, but it definitely kind of stretches. He he definitely stretches how far he can go with the PG thirteen rating. Okay, so it doesn't re- it does retain its PG thirteen then. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, okay. yeah, there's a couple of, like, shocking little moments that even I was caught off by in terms yeah. of, like, some of the violence of that. So, <laughs> All right. You don't, you don't see Shang-Chi rip somebody's heart out and show it to him while it's still beating or anything like that, right? <laughs> well, not in this, well, not in this movie. But, um, <laughs> and uh, I guess the, uh, and the other big major thing I watched, because after I went and finished watching uh, Doctor Strange, I came right. home and watched the last episode of Moon Knight. Ah, okay. You guys and that was a pretty solid. Yeah. Oh, Rob, didn't mean to interrupt. Brian and Philip, oh, that's you guys, right. are you guys yeah. caught up on it? Not yeah. yet, no. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen a single one. This was a, a solid show then, Dave? I would say it's a pretty solid show. I do think maybe the last episode was a little rushed because it's only 45 minutes long. But it did, I feel like it could have been maybe just a little bit better if it was a, a maybe 10 or 15 minutes longer, but it was still a pretty solid finale for the series. Nice. Nice. Cool. All right. So you had a pretty good week then. Yeah. Well, it's definitely more Marvel in in terms of this week. Yes, I would say uh, so. But uh, yeah, and also kind of rewatching one of the films uh, that we're going to be talking about tonight. So that was uh, uh, a lot of fun. I can imagine. Phil, you want to go? Yeah, I'll piggyback on that because I saw uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange also. Yeah. Yes. The, the new one? <laughs> yeah, the, the new Doctor Strange. Uh, went to no! See that how'd, you, yeah. how'd you manage that? Oh, it, it is in the theaters here, right? It's in the theaters, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Way behind. Pretty solid. Uh, a, a little silly. Lots of uh, CGI, which I guess is to be expected. Um, it wasn't as crazy with like a whole shit ton of characters as i thought it was going to be you know what i mean yeah but they kind of yeah they kind of have like they are there are cameos in the movie but they only had the it's not like cameo city throughout the whole movie like they have a certain number of cameos right like in it like some i did suspect and others i was actually caught off guard yeah can you can you guys tell us whether there were any more cameos from the uh the, as they called it the Netflix Marvel universe? Like did uh, cannot, Power, Power Man or Iron Fist show up or anything like that? <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny if any of those oh. characters uh, <laughs> pop up in the movie. All right, we'll fill it. Not near as much as you think. But okay, one of the greatest cameos of all time was there, yeah. and yes. Fills out the uh, end credit scene. <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell, right? There you go. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a Sam Raimi film. Of course, Bruce Campbell's gonna yeah. gonna make right. an appearance in it. It's Which like written not really in their lifelong contract. 
yeah, yeah. not really a spoiler. <laughs> it's just a fun moment. And he's uh, yeah. only there for a minute. <laughs> so, cool. but you know, nice to see him in the Marvel universe and, uh, some, some pretty good callbacks when he is there. So, um, it, it, it was, it was a fun movie. It's not as maybe good as I expected it to be. I don't think it's as good, like as a solid of a movie as the first one, but, uh, um, it's definitely worth the watch. And then, yeah. yeah, I've I've seen Moon Knight. Um, I was more impressed with the first episode than I was with the whole rest of it. Uh, but it was still very much worth watching, and uh, very well acted. So, yeah. All Good right, stuff. <laughs> a lot of Marvel stuff. You, yeah. um, Amityville, Brian. Yeah. Uh, the Amityville Playhouse, <laughs> a.k.a. Amityville Theater. The Amityville Theater. Amityville, it probably doesn't even matter. They okay. retitled this movie so many times. The it, Amityville Best Friends Wedding. It's <laughs> Teenagers get trapped in the theater, and it's supposed okay. to be connected to the Amityville, yada, yada, yada. Write your own movie. Okay. That's pretty much what right, it is. Right. Um, oh, I've got a real question for you, Brian. Hmm. Has there has there been an Amityville musical? Ooh, probably. that might be what we need to get on right there. With the I do list, like this idea. The list that I have of Amityville okay. movies, there there has to be one with the amount of movies on this list. <laughs> but got, if there isn't, there, there will. Somewhere, huh? There, if there isn't, there will be. Okay. I mean, they're doing Amityville everything. Right. Uh, I ain't watch a lot. <laughs> uh, I watched the new episode of The Baby. Still, still enjoying it. The Baby. <laughs> yeah, they're not not really giving you a whole lot about the baby. I mean, okay. they're, they're 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 adding new stuff. Like, uh huh. She, she calls her friend over and she's trying to explain the situation, but the friend keeps referring to the baby as her baby. And she's like, you yeah. know, I don't have, you know, I don't have a baby, and the baby's just staring yeah. at the friend. Like, I don't know if it's telling the the lady to to go along with it, or mm-hmm. is actually making the lady think that this is her child. And she's trying wow. to like locate where the baby came from, and she's finding out that previous women that's had the baby has also died horrifically. This sounds too fucked up, man. I, I, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna make it into this one, guys. Sorry. <laughs> hey, baby, what you doing out there? <laughs> Selling weed. <laughs> and I caught uh, it's uh, Shutter Original or whatever. I don't know. They they buy movies and just okay. slap Shutter on there. Uh, the Night's End. You guys heard of this one? The Night's End. I haven't heard of that one. Uh uh-uh. uh yeah. haven't, haven't heard of it. Uh. It's about a guy. He's uh, he's clearly has some some issues. He's I think I think he's like agoraphobic. Uh, he okay. hasn't left the house in a year. He has uh, other other issues. He's trying to start a YouTube channel, like giving out advice. But something happens in the background of his home, which makes him get the idea of I'm going to have like a paranormal YouTube channel. <laughs> and basically, the the more and more he gets into it, the more he probably shouldn't have been looking right. into things or messing with things. Okay, I thought it was a pretty solid movie. I, it, it is kind of strange though. My one gripe is I felt like the effects kind of got worse as the movie as went. As the movie progressed, Uh-oh. yeah. <laughs> the but, night sinned. I'm trying to look it yeah. up here. 
think it, I mean, it might be just Night's End. Uh, uh, I, oh, I know, oh I, like I, the end of the night, like Night's yeah. End. Okay. I thought you were saying Night's Send, like yeah, sending, and, uh, sending it somewhere. Oh, no. And okay. uh, Mike, Michael Sand. Shannon pops up gotcha. for some reason. Really? It, yeah, he's well, like I'm the, in, then. He's like the the ex-wife's new boyfriend, which I guess if you ever wanted a guy to be your oh. ex-wife's boyfriend, it would be Michael Shannon because he's the, the nicest, most encouraging guy ever. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, but he's also super fucking creepy looking. Exactly. Yeah, he is creepy, creepy, but he, he comes off like there's even a part in the movie where somebody tells him to stop acting so corny. And he's like, I, I, can't, right? I can't stop. That's just who okay. I am. Right. But he's like, oh, I you know, it. I love it. I'm going to watch he, this, man. Yeah. Even though he's like the the dating his ex-wife, he's just so okay. like, oh, you're going to make it through your problems. You're going to find a job. I believe in you. Right. And, He's just like somebody who just you, you can't get mad at. Like a motivational speaker. Yeah. <laughs> like Tom Cruise in Magnolia, huh? He just he's a, needs a yeah. little Bluetooth headset to wear, right? Yeah. And uh, I think Nights in. I'm gonna watch it, dude. You've sold me. You've actually sold me. Yeah, I didn't look it up, but the the main guy he looks okay. familiar. Like I've seen him in a couple things before. All right. Well, you had me at, at Michael Shannon, so I'm I'm in no matter what. And I think that's it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I rewatched Copycat with uh, Sigourney right, Weaver. That's a good one. It's a good solid classic. movie. Solid yeah. movie. Always enjoyed it. All right. Forever. So is that the cool of the week or Night Sand? Uh, we'll go Amity- Night Sand. Amityville musical. Night Sand. Yeah, Amityville. <laughs> okay. Will not be in cool of the week. Both. All right. Looking at the list yep. for a very long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they should. I mean, when you have, to have an Amityville film that actually literally takes place in outer space, the <laughs> other next logical step is to do a musical. Or sure, I might have sure. to go pitch this. Is like, yeah. how about Amityville in the multiverse of Mathis? So, uh, yeah. Oh, All the mul- multiverse Amityvilles, right? Yes. Amityville, Louisiana. Is the Amityville? <laughs> Amityville, Louisiana. Oh boy, they go to Bourbon Street, get fucked up, and Keith David or David Keith probably plays a voodoo priest. Oh, that would be fantastic. Yes, that'd be People awesome. Huh? Movies on the fly again. <laughs> or or that Amityville down under. There we go. Oh, wow. Yeah, and everything's flipped, right? That's Since not a ghost. Place. This is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> put a few demons on the bobby. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I, I didn't have I didn't have such a great week, guys. I was hoping I would, but um, I've got a I've got a powerful, powerful, not not so cool of the week, I'm afraid. Um Brian, I think you I think you saw this one, Choose or Die. Mm-hmm. Netflix. Oh yeah, I saw that. Everybody else <laughs> everyone subjected themselves to this piece of shit, huh? Yeah. It's not that oh. bad. It's oh, dude, it's, it's really that bad. It's not no. that good either. <laughs> it's it's easy bottom ten for me this year, I can tell you that. Oh it, are we gonna do this again this year? This will not be on this, this is, will not be yeah. on your bottom this, ten by the end of the year. This is this year's escape room. <laughs> <laughs> it will not be there. I guess you, I guess Go ahead, Brian. I was gonna say you're not even gonna remember this movie. <laughs> it's quite possible. <laughs> I, what I will remember though is uh is is a video game that I'm playing 
Philip, you can say a lot more about this game because you've gotten further in it than I have. I'm only uh, 3% into the game. <laughs> I've been playing for like three or four hours. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, yeah. You're barely in it if you've only been playing for three <laughs> hours. I'm still in the snow. We're getting ready to rob the train. Oh, yeah. You're <laughs> a long you're way to go, way don't I? Beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Great fucking game, though. One of my favorites of all time. Anybody else played it yet? I played it before. Nope. It's been a while, though. <laughs> oh, it's totally worth it. Totally it's, worth uh, it. Yeah, it's fun, man. I bought it on, I guess it was like Super Bowl Sunday. They had a, a sale. It was like half price for the Ultimate Edition. So... Other than that, I just, I've just been playing a lot of Game Pass games because I pay the the monthly fee for the Game Pass. Like right now, I'm playing Doom because I looked up what are some of the easiest video games to get through and play and get to the end, and Doom popped up. So I'm like, okay, yes, <laughs> I'm gonna hopefully finish that one. You know, it's like a week. bootleg VR version of Doom you can put on the Is quest. There? Yeah, if you That's hook up your computer and do some shit. <laughs> Does not it's, surprise me. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is, David. I'm going with Red Red Dead Redemption Two yeah. for cool of the week. Um, and now we slide into headlines. Uh, brought to you by Brian. Take it away, man. Ooh, headlines. I don't know. Be a lot this time. It might be less than what we had last time. Uh oh, another slow news week. Yeah, it's uh. I don't know. I'm not seeing anything we haven't talked about. <laughs> Got another movie coming out called Shark Bait. Have you guys seen that trailer? <laughs> oh, Amityville Shark Bait. <laughs> well, there, there was a shark. There was a shark attack in an Amityville movie. Oh, so. okay. oh that's great. <laughs> yeah. You guys, I am not seeing any. any no news. Should no. we just skip ahead to trailers? Unless anybody has anything they want to talk about. Cool. Lots of email. Nothing really has stood out in terms of like horror-related news this past week. Yeah. Not, like nothing. there's been other types of news, but nothing that I can sort of recall that that I think is pretty big to talk about. Nothing big going on in Australia horror, horror-wise, huh? You guys have any big conventions coming or any big wildfires going on or oh, <laughs> any, any tsunamis? Oh, geez. Way? Come on. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, well, there's always a bushfire going on somewhere in Australia. Um, Nothing <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of those, but I guess the only big convention we got coming up is in June, and that's Oz Comic Con. Uh, okay. But they haven't announced any guests or anything like that yet for that, so I'm not exactly sure who's even going. The, to that convention this year. Anybody get eaten by sharks? Oh, not lately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of like the 10 to 15 people who get killed by sharks every year, like, yes, 10 of them are from Australia. <laughs> Seems, that way. Will, Seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, to be fair, every animal in Australia wants to kill people. Even the cute, cuddly <laughs> ones want to kill you. <laughs> You did not just say to be fair. To be fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, you owe yourself money. See, see, All right. now I, now, <laughs> since I said it, I can't. You can't give money to me now because I said it on the uh, on the show. So doesn't okay. count. All right. To be fair. <laughs> there we Although, go. There we go. I do. I do appreciate you guys inviting me to talk about the Titanic two. 
uh, yes. a couple of weeks ago. Although I was shocked to find out James Cameron didn't direct it. I was uh, that was a shocker, man. I thought for sure we were you know we were going to follow up with Rose and you know see what see why see why that bitch wouldn't move over and have a Wait. little extra room on the chair. Titanic <laughs> two like a Leo sequel. Or was it before the <laughs> Bede, take, big... Take it away, Bede. Take right. it away. Right before explain... the big Titanic came out. All right. So how to explain Titanic 2? Well, it's not it's not a sequel to, you know, the Leo and Kate one. It just happens to be a standalone movie called Titanic 2 because some rich millionaire dickhead in the movie decided he's <laughs> going to build, uh, like, a second Titanic. And, of course, shit happens at the, at the Titanic... Oh. A Titanic 2 6. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Spoiler That's alert. cash in on a name right there. <laughs> exactly. Well, pretty much it was made to be, I think it was made hot off the heels because the Titanic, like the 100th anniversary was coming up. So they right, basically made right. it okay. to capitalize on that. Like, again, recently with the Titanic 666. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ghost Titanic. Yes. (laughs) Which I'm not saying that we should all do a commentary of that movie, but uh, I'm just putting it out there into the world. (laughs) Brian, Brian, you hear that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Yes. All right. We'll do. We we should do that. We'll do that as like a horror return slash to be Tuesdays crossover episode. That would be fun. A lot of money changing hands. Lots of point, lots of 0.0001% of a cent going back and forth on that one. (laughs) Kind of like cryptocurrency, I guess. Exactly. We still owe money when B says to be? I think Uh, you do, man, if it's on our show. (laughs) Yes. No, it doesn't count. It's our responsibility. Colin Fowl. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm guys. I'm double checking here. We've talked okay. about everything. Uh, the, the only thing we haven't talked about, I don't know if anybody cares. Uh, sci-fi is a horror movie. Bring it on, cheer or die. We'll oh come PG-13. on! Are you fucking kidding me, man? Come on, Amityville cheerleaders. <laughs> like bring it on six six six. There you go. Actually, Say- there was a movie called Satan's Cheerleaders, right? Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I believe it might be on two. Starred Sherry Marine, <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie, uh, whatever the fuck her name is. Oh, uh, guaranteed. <laughs> she'll be in there, and Jeff Daniel Phillips will be in there, guaranteed, <laughs> yeah. if it's a run. I am super interested in this Monsters movie. Are you? Yeah, especially that it's not going to be Rob Zombie esque. Fuck you, kill Allegedly. You, you know. Allegedly, it's not Brian, but do you really think he can get away from that and still make a movie? Well, yeah. Well, I, I, he well, has so much. He has so much love for the original. I think okay. he wouldn't. Maybe I don't know. This just might be the way I'm thinking about it. He he wouldn't <laughs> want to disrespect the, the 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 classic and what it meant to him. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and maybe show that he has some versatility and he can do something yeah. else. Yeah, because yeah. up to now he hasn't shown any versatility. <laughs> yeah, he's all—he's always got his own style, which yep. is cool. But yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Tra- trailer trash killers. <laughs> yeah, that's—that's kind of his genre. <laughs> well, I got to be excited for that movie, like like Brian said. Like yep. he's from what I've read, uh, Rob Zombie is a a monster super fan. Like he is a huge fan of that show. So I think you know. 
I agree. Like, I don't think he would sort of make his, like, a trailer trash version of the Munsters. He would do something that is, right. like, very respectful. And I think from what I understand, like, they actually got the rating for it recently, and I think it is going to be rated PG, I think. Wow. Well, <clears throat> well uh, we're going to find out. Now, is it going to be a movie or a series? Uh, a movie. Movie, okay. All right, well. So, allegedly, they haven't said um, it's supposed to be a Peacock uh, director Peacock original. Ah, uh, so N- Naz will have it. <laughs> I think he he was the first of us to get that to pay for that network. Well, I mean, if you got you want to watch WWE, you got a Peacock. That explains a lot. <laughs> Between that and Young <laughs> Sheldon and shit like that that he watches. Yes, uh, Young <laughs> Sheldon. Strange taste right. stuff. Speaking of uh, speaking of Rob Zombie. <laughs> You guys ready to take a little trip down to the trailer park? Is that where we're about this? <laughs> or do we do we have trailers this? I don't shit, I guess I didn't see him, Brian, unless I caught one in the theater. You did not watch House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones oh, prequel. Oh, the HBO prequel. No, but I'll tell you what, I read the book. Okay, so let's, let's let's start with you. I think I could what, talk about it. Let's start with you then, Lance. What what okay. should we expect from this series? I, I expected this book. I was so fucking pissed off at, at Jar Jar Martin, as we love to lovingly refer to him on in the binge in the binge family, Jar Jar Martin. Um, so fucking pissed off at this cocksucker. He's fucked up. No, I mean look at it this way. He's got he's owed us two books for like ten fucking years now, right? Yeah. And so they end up having to finish the show without any any actual books to to base the last three seasons on. So. That's already got me pissed off. Then he comes out with this fucking 700-page book uh, about the House of Targaryen that looks like it's going to be like reading the Bible, like the, the driest possible reading. This person begat this person, and then this king moved on to amass fortunes and was, you know, his throat was slit by this court jester in such in year 1799, you know, after dragon or whatever. I couldn't have been more wrong. The book was fucking amazing. I mean, I, it was a page turner. I took it with me on vacation, and I remember it was when the uh, presidential election was going on. So um, AJ and I got a place out in the middle of nowhere. We got an Airbnb so we can watch all the election coverage. And we actually uh, ended up going through that full book, um, like a 700-plus page book in like four days. And the guy can write. I mean, make no mistake, R. Martin is a hell of an author. And I mean, I, I got so, so tied into the stories of these people that were the House Targaryen. I think it goes back. Does it go back 100 years, Brian? Is that the, the feeling? OK, that makes sense. So it's it's I don't think it's going to go choppy. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot more like the book was where you stick with a certain group of characters for you know, about 80 or 100 pages, and you get to know them really well. And then it kind of time jumps to, like, their children's children, and then you get to know that court really well. So if they do it that way, this one's going to be a winner. Yeah, well, well, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. Mainly the show. I haven't read any of the books, mainly because of, like, what Lance says. It's like taking a billion years for uh, George R. R. Martin to actually get around to reading i mean writing the final two books so i'm looking forward to seeing how this prequel series goes like i literally watched the trailer 
just before we started. And it definitely is, well, I mean, it's Game of Thrones, but I'm definitely mm-hmm. looking forward to just heading back into that world again and kind of seeing, like, the history of the Targaryens and, like, thousands of years before the main story. So I'm very excited to see how the show turns out. And, I mean, it's got a stacked cast in it as well. Like, I kept saying, never, like... That never hurts, so, right? Never hurts. Yeah, exactly. You know, Matt Smith, Reese Vance, uh, Patty Constantine, Olivia Cook. Like, there's so many... Mm-hmm actors who great actors that they got for this series so i'm definitely down to check this one out for sure bill uh yeah i mean i'll 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 watch it with uh the caveat that the last season kind of sucked you know <laughs> i mean we know that but hopefully they can pull it back i mean we this, can wipe the slate clean though dude this is gonna yeah. be a whole new cast of characters a different age this one, yeah, it's it's based back on the books again, which mm-hmm. uh, were the seasons that were fantastic. Yes. And uh, I, it, it was only when they didn't have any source material that, that they sucked. So uh, I, hopefully it'll be good. Uh, Lance, is this going to have anything to do with, like, the Mad King and that Absolutely. Whole- Absolutely. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Oh, yeah. You're. Yeah. You're. You're going to get to that, but you're going to build up to it. I think pretty slowly. You probably won't get to that actual king in the first se- uh, in the first season, depending on how many seasons they have planned. Is is what I would tell you. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully they do have a plan, and it's not like, well, let's see how yeah. this. Yeah. Three, three, I think three seasons would be perfect for a yeah. seven hundred page book, right? Yeah. Well, I I think they've learned their lesson. They're they're not waiting on him to write anything new. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, the story's kind of already been completed with or without him, so it's true, kind of true. The, yeah. I, so, I imagine I, from his perspective, it's hard to even think about trying to write those books because they've already been written. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Since uh, this story's already been written, they obviously must have a plan for a beginning, middle, right. and end to this this series. Yeah, so. it's it's three main groups, Brian. They take you through ma- three major, you know, houses, so to speak, or three major, um, you know, parts of the House Targaryen. Uh, eight, three different ages, I'll put it that way, of House Targaryen. So I think if they keep mm-hmm. it to like one season is the first age that they highlight, and then the second, then th- then the third. I think it'll be brilliant. Okay. And everybody has white hair. Everybody has yes. white. Okay, that'll be Which, interesting to it, tell it, in, apart. It, Yeah, in most lo- middle uh, most lore of like Middle Ages and you know stories by mid, you know fantasy writers, white hair is often associated with elves. So I'm curious as to whether we find out maybe they're elven in some way, form, or fashion. I don't know, but that just always seems to be a thing, you know. Okay. Well, I'm in the. We're gonna to get to the Mad King, and we're gonna get some more dragon action. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. in. So, this will debut on HBO August 21st. We'll be nice. there. <laughs> now I'm kind of mad that you didn't watch this trailer, Lance. This is your arch nemesis, Maybe David, I did, Cronen- but- David Cronenberg's uh, Crimes of the Future. The I- man that you said his son off don't even. Movie. Was a better director better than him. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Did, did, didn't see it, man. God damn it. I'll have to. All I'll right. have to. I'll have to watch it while you guys talk. How about that? All right. Let me read a quick synopsis. Okay. A deep dive into the not so distant future in which humankind is learning to adapt 
its synthetic surroundings. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> okay, there we go. And uh, whatever the granddaughter is watching on YouTube, all these stupid fucking 15-second shots of kids buying toys and shit. All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the evolution moves humans beyond the natural state and into a metamorphosis, which alters their biological makeup. Hmm. So with that, you're already telling it's already telling you you're going to get David Cronenberg body horror in it. Oh, right. yeah. Uh, this stars Kristen Stewart, Leah oh, wow. Sado, okay. Viggo Mortensen, Scott Speedman, Damn. and a bunch of other people. Of course, written and directed by David Cronenberg. Lance, you're watching it, so I'm going to throw it to Bede first. I, I'm very much excited for Crimes of the Future. Like I, I, I was kind of similar to Lance when I first started Cronenberg's films i wasn't that big on him but as i've gotten older and the more i've seen of his work particularly his earlier stuff like i i really appreciate him as a filmmaker because he's such a unique you know man and his work is just so singular uh even like the like i said the early ones like i i really love as well but yeah well crimes of the future yeah um and crimes of the the future what the fuck am i looking at (laughs) <laughs> Ears, man. You're, you're oh looking at the, the, the mind of Cronenberg. Wow. Yes. Uh, this has my attention, actually. Yeah, well, I think what's interesting is like now, the, basically from this trail and also the previous one that I saw, that, mm-hmm. you know, basically, as Kristen Stewart says in the film, like, s- surgery is the new sex. Oh, essentially. wow. Okay. Uh, so basically, yeah, it's. Ba- and I'm excited to see, Whoa! like, where. <laughs> I love that you're watching that trailer in, in real time. Like, Yay! What so, the fuck is that? I mean, it looks pretty Whoa! much. Oh No! She's not doing that! Wow! Must have got to the scene where she's making out with his incision in his stomach that's what i'm at uh, right now like, man holy shit okay i'm a hundred percent in man yeah this totally yeah. looks like a tool video this looks amazing oh yeah it looks really messed up yeah. and from what i hear because it's playing at um the Cotton film festival in a few weeks and i've heard from okay. like based from word of people who have seen it like in prep for the uh, the festival that this is a movie that's definitely going to be very divisive and maybe even cause walkouts. Oh wow! Okay, so, so is, ex- this, is this going to be this year's Mandy? Maybe. Maybe it's possible. Do, I do mean, we need, do we need to pregame the same way same way we pregamed for Mandy, Phil? I don't see why not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just down for this movie. It looks great. Uh, and I'm just, it looks very fucked up. And it's Cronenberg. So I'm, and also that cast definitely also has to be sold as well. I'm very excited for this film. Well, uh, yeah, man, I, it looks interesting. Uh, there's like ears and weird body horror stuff. You wouldn't want that guy to be a fighter. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it it looks interesting. I I like it. It all looks like like practical effects. And uh, you know, going back does, to yeah, yeah, going back to uh, Doctor Strange two, where everything is CGI. 
Um, <laughs> this is kind of a nice departure. <laughs> Breath so, of fresh air, huh? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be good. This is more like the thing and, and, and less like watching a comic book on the screen, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Guys, rate, in front of the green screens. <laughs> the rating has come out. Uh, it will be rated R for strong, disturbing, violent content, grisly images, okay. graphic nudity, and some language, it says. Some. Some. Some language. <laughs> gotcha. You get all basically just weird. Could be English, could be French, could be German. Some yeah, you get you get all that, and you'll get you'll get you'll get some some bad words in there. Couple. Right. But yeah, I, I I'm a fan of Cronenberg's. I think this is definitely up his alley. It looks very Cronenberg esque, body words, the, the craziness, and I, I'm I'm in. And also, it's like his first horror film since probably over 30 years as well. Yeah. So I'm, that hmm. makes me even more excited okay. to see it. Sure. Yeah, because sure. he's, I can't think of his last one, but I know he, he got into the, like, the crime thriller kind of history yeah, he of worked, violence. Yeah, he worked with Big O on a couple, didn't yeah. he? History yeah, of violence. <laughs> and uh, what was, what was <laughs> the other one? Vigo was a, he was a Russian Awesome. Um, oh, shit. Oh, Eastern uh, Provinces. Yeah, those, those were great go. movies. Those okay. were great movies. Hmm. So it, might, it's, it, go ahead. That one, that one might not go over so well with the current political situation, but yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> that one. I think, now that I think about it now, the last horror movie David Cronenberg made before he kind of made more kind of non-horror films after that was act was Dead Ringers, which also happens to also involve oh, wow. surgery in that film too. <laughs> wow, yeah, and that was a long time ago, man. See, see, I've given you guys an idea now. When this movie comes out, yeah. you have to do it as a like compare it with Dead Ringers, or not unless you guys have already done that movie. I'm not sure. Never, no. never have. It, never you, have. You know, it, it might go on the schedule now. There it is. That that that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, if you are in the New York, L.A. area, it will be out June 3rd, and then it will expand to a wide release on June 10th. And that's it. All right. On to... Oh, go go yeah. check out the... Sorry. Go check out the new Cobra Kai teaser. Ah, okay. New season coming <laughs> September. Sure. Way to do I'm it. sure. I, I guarantee you, uh, Nez Nez is gonna just fucking get pissed off as hell when Hillary Swank shows up in the final scene, man. I, told, oh, no, I already, she, I already, I already told him she's she's coming. Whether it's a I cameo you she's coming. or a recurrent <laughs> character, she will yeah. pop in somewhere. She's coming. Nez, I'm gonna tell you right now, it, you're you're not gonna be mad. It's for some reason it's gonna make sense. <laughs> sure, everything else has, right? You can bring back Michael Ironside from that movie as, as, as for some reason. I don't know. What? Which one was he in? <laughs> he was in the he third in, one. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Uh, on to listener feedback. Uh, this week we shine the podcast spotlight on Shat the Movies podcast. <laughs> like William Shatner or what? Uh, like shat the bed. <laughs> Past tense of shit. Amber Heard's podcast. Aye, <laughs> oh. 
the pillow cast. <laughs> Shat the movies podcast. Uh, Blade left a mark on every '90s teen. The music, the fashion, detailed breakdown of the vampire economy. But many forget that it also kicked off Marvel's string of cinematic success. It was. I don't know if it kicked it off, but. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it, it was worked. a damn good fucking movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. it was. I don't well, know. They started after that, isn't shit. that when they started making the Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man movie? Yeah, well, was the yeah, well yeah, X-Men and that. Well, yeah, it was Blade. Then yeah, X-Men, X-Men and then Spider-Man. X-Men, right. But, well, that yeah, worked. but at the time, yeah, but at the time though, people kind of forget. Like Blade was like the first actual legit good Marvel movie that was yeah. made up to that point. That's a lot. All the other ones were either pretty shit. I just, it seemed like they had some shitty ones in between Blade and like X-Men. They probably did. <laughs> <laughs> Any Fantastic uh, Four movie ever was shitty, yeah, right? That's true. <laughs> you like some of them? Kind of like the first one, not, not the second one when he was okay, grabbing toilet so. paper. Under the door, Mr. Fantastic. So you like the Roger, <laughs> you like the Roger Corman one, then you're saying? Uh, no, I didn't mean that first one, <laughs> but I do recommend you getting a bunch of friends and some drinks and watching the Roger yep. Corman one. Okay, why not? Uh, but let's see. It was uh, darker than any superhero film we'd ever seen, and it had a sense of humor uh, with a blazing fast origin story and immediate action. Uh, This movie had our attention from the jump, inspiring conversations about the proper way for vampires to age. Wesley Snipes' fighting style, whether vampires should have a living wage, and how an ancient temple ends up in Detroit. Uh, (laughs) Doesn't seem like the best place. It's a great description, man. (laughs) In this episode, Big D volunteers to get gothed up. Uh, Ash explains her undying attraction to Steven Dorff, and uh, Gene de- details how vampires are born. Uh, the Shat Crew, <laughs> fun name. I love it. Also ranks four blood-sucking movies it's covered so far. Blade, The Lost Boys, Interview with a Vampire, and From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, okay. Uh, Check out Shat the Movies podcast at Libsyn or wherever you get your content. Uh, And we got Matt Wood, who uh, just listened to the Lords of Salem episode. (laughs) Although I think it's one of Rob Zombie's worst films, I didn't think it was as bad as you guys rated it. One out of ten is far too harsh, Brian. Uh, <laughs> Did you give it a one, bro? <laughs> you I, give it a I one. stick by that one. Wow. Ouch. I just Ouch. you have that kind of cast and you that's what you right. give me. I, I I don't even want to get into it. I'm gonna get angry. <laughs> I don't remember I mean, what I gave it, but sometimes I, I get caught up. You got Sherry Moon, you got Sherry Moon Zombie. We expect at least an eight. Hey, yeah, right, you know, I don't I don't hate her, especially when he puts her in the movies. I, I I I can understand why he puts her in all his movies, but it just D Wallace and just everybody else that was in that yeah. movie, you know, oh, I was yeah. just I was bored. And well, then when we were, I think. We were reading a trivia about it and the stuff that that he was going to put in the movie, but he cut out or just decided not to. It sounded way more interesting than what what we got. And... <laughs> okay. Plus, you got Sigmund and the Sea Monster scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, Your I, best I, friend I, Lance. 
<laughs> I'm going to be slightly controversial. Yeah, okay. We like that. I, not only do I like Lords of Salem, I think it's his best movie. That's oh, wow. Know, that's controversial. And I, but then again, I'm the and, guy who thinks like House of <laughs> a Thousand Corpses is his worst. So don't take oh, take everything what? I say with that. That's, that's my favorite. That's my that favorite. might be my favorite. <laughs> See, I told you guys I was going to be controversial. <laughs> See, I told you guys before the show I was going to be controversial tonight. <laughs> but always take it way different than flat out wrong. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can take it, dude. We can take it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Zim Vader added uh, agreed at least to 1.5. <laughs> also, with a reference to French extreme films, uh, Brian, you mentioned that the rape scene in Irreversible, uh, you can see someone walk walked in at the end of the subway. Uh, well, that was a member of the crew that walked in on the scene, not knowing it was taking place, and then immediately walked out in disgust. It uh, I I know it was a, a a mistake that was in in the filming of it, but I think it just kind of adds to the scene where this lady's just being yeah. horrifically raped, and then you see someone walk in the background, they see what's going on, and they just turn around and leave. Uh, so yeah. uh, it it was a mistake filming, but I think leaving it in it just added to the the scene. Yeah, and, well, and it's something that probably happens. <laughs> Uh, also, I highly recommend a film called uh, Calvair, uh, a.k.a. The Ordeal, from 2004, uh, directed by Fabrice Duelts. Brutal French extreme film. I have to check that one out. Yeah. Add that to the list. Uh, as a shout out to our friends from Horror for Dummies, uh, Zim Vader says, congrats to these chumps for 200 episodes. Bloody legends. Uh, regarding the baby, baby, the baby. <laughs> Zim Vader says, uh, I watched the first episode was OK, but not enough to make me stay. Uh, I think it has its place, though. I filled in the back of my brain. And when the time is right, I'll put it on and love every minute of it. Yeah, I, just, I think I think it'll I flow better once you probably maybe wait till they all came out, come out and then just watch it as a whole. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I just I, I can't hear you talk about it without thinking of the uh, Dave Chappelle sketch. <laughs> which, which, which one? Which, or his little which, comedy uh, routine about the baby on the corner selling weed. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> always, always think of that. Hey, baby. Saturday, <laughs> always think of that Saturday Night Live uh, sketch with Queen Latifah. You guys ever yeah. seen that episode? I don't think so. Where she shows up and she plays a rapper and she says, "Cause I'm a baby," and <laughs> like you can just see her hands here, like I'm a baby," and like got to rattle and everything. <laughs> it's hilarious. Check it out. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. Uh, regarding <laughs> Intruder, Mike Bachelor says, "Nerd." <laughs> okay. Beat upped it with fucking nerd. <laughs> I don't know that B guy. I, I I hear he's a quite a tosser. <laughs> and, and for uh, a bit of context for people who don't know, we're talking about Ted Raby, who is a big fucking nerd in that. Movie. Oh yeah, yeah. But a love a lovable nerd, man. A lovable yes. nerd. Yeah, that's true. What's the thing there? Like on the Two Me Tuesdays podcast, anytime a nerd pops up, we just have to uh 
fucking nerd. <laughs> probably quite frequently. We didn't, we didn't yes, talk I think- about how continuous that song he was listening to was. It was just nonstop the same <laughs> is that all, song. Is that all the same song? Every time it cut to him, he was listening to the same thing. Ouch. <laughs> Although. To be fair, fair. Um, <laughs> I do have a, that does happen like quite, quite frequently. I, I'm one of those people, like if I hear a song I really like, I just listen to the same song over and over again. Yeah. Like wow. obsessively. So I think that kind of mirrors real life in that, whenever he's like <laughs> listening to music in that whole movie. Uh, Vincent per, uh, Peria? I'm sorry, dude. It's close enough. Close name. enough. I can't, I can't do it. Enough. Scott no, Spiegel no practice. <laughs> says uh, Scott Spiegel sent me an uncut VHS when I was in high school. Nice. Nice. Fancy. I, I knew that movie. Held was, on to it. That's got to be worth I, some money now. I knew that movie was kind of edited when I was watching it. it. Just it just seemed mm-hmm. like there were scenes that it just they'd give you sure. a whole kill scene over here and then another one. It would just right? seem like it would right? just cut. Mm-hmm. I got that feeling too, especially the first couple of kills, Brian. It, it's like they were off screen, mm-hmm. and I thought, yeah. "Oh fuck, are you telling me this whole movie is going to be off screen kills?" And I was obviously so, you know, overjoyed that it wasn't. <laughs> Come to find out, you know, once they got a got a few kills in there, but they did have some interesting ways of killing people. That's for sure. Well, one of the deaths in that movie was the inspiration for the bread slicer death in uh, Fear Street, the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Yep. oh, I haven't seen any of the Fear Street yet. I've got those queued what? up for uh, Halloween. Oh, yeah, you got to watch those. This year. They're, yeah, they're a lot of fun. I'm going to watch those for Halloween this year. All of them are pretty solid. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy with that series. All right. Regarding uh, Creep Show 2. Zim Vader says, uh, this blue, he's our number one contributor right now. Oh, shit. Yeah, he said, uh, this blew my mind the first time I saw it as a kid. Just brilliant. Of course. Well, uh, we need, we need to be sending money to Zim Vader. <laughs> not to, <laughs> uh, not to <Doobie> Tuesdays. <laughs> Mike Bachelor no says, no offense, Speed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> how dare you? I think Zim's from Australia, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Is he? he? I, th- I think I believe so. so. <clears throat> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, well, if he if he is me, you, you'll you'll benefit anyway because if we send money to him, yeah. it'll somehow end up in your tax base, and you'll benefit yeah, exactly. in some way, form, or fashion. So that's you know, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Been confirmed. Uh, Mike Bachelor says uh, we used it at the cottage when I was a kid. I was not jumping off the dock after that. <laughs> okay. Don't blame you. Uh, regarding Titanic 2, there it is. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Uh, Tavares Ellis says, uh, I was just thinking why James Cameron didn't make a Titanic sequel instead of an Avatar sequel. Guess someone beat oh, right? it to it. Oh. Yeah, he oh. needs to get on that. Yeah. Oh, so I'll have to yeah, check yeah. out the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I just now remember just now speaking of trailers, like before uh, Doctor Strange, uh, they showed the first trailer uh, for. The Avatar sequel, it actually looks pretty yeah. fantastic. I oh, was I just about play. to ask you guys, because that, that was like the big rumor that they were releasing the debut of the trailer before that movie. Yeah, and it looks it's, spectacular. Yeah. It, does it, so it looks like it was worth the wait? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I think having sort of waited that 
well, by the time the movie comes out this year, 13 years, so they can develop more of the the CGI and the technology and all of that. Mm. Really, it looks almost photorealistic, even more so yeah. than the first one. Right. Yeah, very very CGI based. I don't think I even saw any live action in the trailer, huh? I did see some human characters like sprinkled throughout. Like it's not going to be fully CGI from yeah. beginning to end, but they. But yeah, but even then, the CGI itself in the film just looks next level. It it does look way <coughs> better than the first one, but mm. off the same base, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's that. All right, uh, that's it for listener listener feedback. Um, our show intro comes from Steve Carlton of Geeks with a Z. Our artwork is from Natsulani. Check her out on Instagram. Uh, and if you'd like to help us out, please consider becoming a Patreon patron. We'll let you pick the movies for a future show at any amount. And for $5 or more a month, also pick a commentary for a future bonus show. Uh, and if you have a chance, please give us a five-star Apple podcast review. We would really appreciate that. Very much so. Uh, and don't forget we have a contest going on. Contest? What? what? Don't call it a contest. <laughs> Uh, just email us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com, your name and address, and how you first heard about the show, and you'll be in the running for a steelbook. Of, of what, Brian? I forgot. I was going to show it, but I don't know where I put it. Uh, the Uh-oh. Cabin in the Uh-oh. Woods. Cabin in the oh, Woods. Nice. Right. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's, nice. that's a good one. Recently released collectible steelbook. Okay. So even if you're in Australia... You you could still win, right? We we are uh, willing to ship overseas, correct? I yes. will get it to you. Uh, I don't know how the regions work as far as playability, but you will win it. Yes. It's more of a collector. Get a lightning speed on that. I'll I'll just put it up like in a like on my shelf and just stare at it and say like the horror return guys gave me this <laughs> awesome steel book. <laughs> I just look Something at it like you'll uh, keep forever. Exactly. I'll, I'll, it'll be like a shrine, like uh, uh, the Nicolas Cage shrine in uh, one of the movies we're talking about later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it, it might play over there. I've I've bought well, some. I, I, I bought some yeah. imports from Australia that that's, yeah. that's played here. Yeah, and I also got a region free player, Blu-ray oh. player, so it should be able to play fine if I win the contest. Yeah. But it's not a contest, uh, I should say. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Don't call it a contest. Exactly. How do you win again, Phil? Uh, just send us an, an email at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com with your name and address and how you first heard about the show. Wow, what could be easy? Yeah. You don't you don't even you don't even need to solve a math problem. Just fucking email us who you are, where you are, and <laughs> how you heard about us, right? Jesus well, Christ, anyone do. can do that, you lazy Nicholas Cage left on a bullet train at three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If two if two Nicholas Cages arrive at five o'clock, how many Nicholas Cages <laughs> would there be in the multiverse at the same time? An infinite is the correct answer. <laughs> I shouldn't have given you that. All right. <laughs> now, time for our main attractions. It's fucking Cage Rage Week. Yes! <laughs> and this time we look at the brand new unbearable weight of massive talent as well as 2021's Pig. There was a two there instead of an S. It threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
we'll start. Uh, we'll start with Pig, um, a truffle hunter who lives alone in or in the Oregon wilderness. Uh, must return to his past Portland in uh, search of his beloved foraging pig after she's kidnapped. Sounds horrible, right? <laughs> Sounds fucking horrible. Let's not lie. It is a, it is a um, different movie for Nicolas Cage. That's okay. Sure. Uh, be- hey, guys, sorry to interrupt. Before we begin, I'm going to ask a question, okay? I want the group to decide on this. Um, so release date, uh, wide release date was July 16th, 2021. So technically less than a year. Do we do the spoiler alert for Pig? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, why not? Okay. All right, so we'll treat it just like a new movie then, right? Okay, fair yeah. enough. All right, cool. Uh, the director is Michael uh, Sarnowski, also known for the upcoming Quiet Place Part 3. Damn. Uh, writers are Michael Sarnowski with Vanessa Block. Uh, in an after-film Q&A, director Michael Sarnowski revealed that Pig only had three days of training uh, oh, that the pig only had three days of training and a bit uh, Nicholas Cage and bit Nicholas Cage multiple times. Wow, great! After our a particularly <laughs> nasty bite, Cage joked, "I've been set on fire. I've been flipped in cars, but it it'll be sepsis from a pig bite that kills me." <laughs> Not to mention the bees, right, dude? Yeah, <laughs> I could never forget. I should have done that character. <laughs> oh, Lord. Wow. Wow. Now that's trivia. <laughs> uh, when the main characters walk through a, a Portland restaurant on their way to find the underground passageway, uh, they're actually walking through Huber's, Portland, Portland's oldest restaurant and bar. Uh, the owner, James Louie, uh, was used as an extra and can be seen standing next to one of the tables wearing a suit in the background as the characters walk through. And... Hopefully that place isn't really there, or I imagine they have many people searching for it. No doubt. No doubt. Pig tours. Uh, Bead, (laughs) you recently watched it again. What are your thoughts on Pig? Well, I got to say, when I first heard about Pig, like, (laughs) I just read the synopsis. I feel like this is basically like John Wick. That's that's yeah, what right. I can't And I thought, oh, it's going to be very silly based on the premise. Yeah. Like a guy in the cage just, I'm going to go find my truffle pig. I don't yeah. feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I assumed the movie was going to be. And then when I watched the film, it's completely <laughs> not that film at all. Like it does have that kind of John that's Wick. My pig. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Like it does have a bit of what is that definitely has similarities to John Wick, but I would if I had to describe the film to people, it would be more like imagine John Wick without the action and it's and being more of a meditation on loss and grief. And this is what P definitely is because, like, you would think with a movie with a premise like this would be very silly, but it plays it completely straight and it ends up being sort of like this moving. Uh, character study yeah. of this guy who's had a trouble pass, his pig gets kidnapped, and he goes all over Portland to find the, his pet pig. But the way how it's sort of set up, like I said, it has that John Wick kind of qualities because it has an interesting sort of set of uh, world building uh, throughout it because we know that everyone, uh, Nick Cage's character of, of Rob runs into, like they know who he is. They know his backstory. And also, you, 
and also there's like this interesting world like there's an underground fight like group that has like chefs and uh waiters and all that involved in and also yeah, i don't know how like, much that part makes any sense yeah it's kind of but it, it's an interesting kind of added layer to the film that kind of yeah. makes this world building of this of the story very interesting and like being that it's a very you know sort of set in the culinary world instead of say you know a world of assassins kind of just makes it very interesting and of course nick cage is just amazing throughout the whole film and i think what's great about this film is that you know people will kind of just see nick cage as the guy who goes Rawr! and does cage rage all the time mm-hmm. but people can forget like he can play very subtle brilliantly and i think this is definitely one of his most subtle performances he only shouts maybe once or twice throughout the whole movie but it's done it's not played for laughs it's very impactful and he's just amazing and of course where the story goes is quite moving and heartbreaking as well it's just a really fantastic film that again like as you watch it and the story reveals itself like we get to know the characters of what's going on it just makes it even more like involving and just and it's just brilliantly done it's just like an absolutely brilliant little film all right uh brian let's roll over to you what do you think this movie is amazing it's not what I expected it to be. No. Bede, you said it perfectly. When I seen the trailer, read the synopsis, okay, I'm, someone steals his pig and he's going to murder everybody to get his <laughs> pig back. But as the movie as well was going on, I, I, I was like, what, what, what's, what's happening? But right? in a good way, though, because it's beautifully shot. I love the mm-hmm. way the story's told he completely transforms himself to for this role physically and just, there was just lines that he was dropping throughout the movie that was just kind of just it stays with you and just kind of hits you and you just you just feel for his character and then i thought um look him up real quick is it nat wolf or is it alex wolf, uh, alex, wolf. Alex, oh, alex wolf yeah. oh the hereditary kid right yeah i thought he was great in it and the, the whole the whole storyline with his uh his relationship with him and his father yeah and, and that that one scene really really hit hit home for me uh the scene where um nicholas cage um recreates the meal that his mother and father had right down to everything and when they eat it they get taken back to that particular moment and remember how they felt towards each other at that time and i thought that was just great storytelling right there and I, it it just makes me crazy that that he was not Nicolas Cage wasn't even nominated for anything major, mm. so it, it's crazy. I, this is one of his best performances. That's saying a lot. All right, Lance, what do you think? Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the same bandwagon. I mean, the guys have both summed it up beautifully. It's um it's not what we were expecting, and I'm glad it's not what we what we thought it was going to be because. Yeah, I'm, like Bede said, I thought it was going to be you know Nick Cage, uh, Nick Cage going full John Wick, right? Like yeah. we're my pig, they're gonna pay, you know, like and he's going <laughs> out on a rampage, you know. But that's not the case at all. Um, and my my wife is actually very much part of that world. She's um, she's not a chef, but she's you know worked in food service quite a bit before. 
and she's actually a store manager for a company called Sir Latab, which sells extremely high-end cooking utensils, uh, coffee makers, cutlery, things like that. So, so are probably, they a part of the Underground Fight League? I think they might be. She okay. hasn't told me directly, but well, uh, not, I, I, you, you, you don't start, talk about Underground Fight League. We are going to throw knives in there. We got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are going to find out, Brian. We are going to okay. find out. Okay, I promise you. Uh, I'm I'm working on it. I, I'm working on it, but um, hey, I'll, I, I I'll, say, I'll fight it. I'll fight a server. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I would say half of her clientele is like you know super super well to do people that just you know want to really entertain well for parties. But at least half of her clientele is uh, chefs. Um, she like particularly with the cutlery, you know, because they sell a lot of super high end. I don't know if you guys knew this, but you could you could buy a knife for like. $500. There's mm-hmm. some fucking Jeez. badass knives out there. And they say a chef is never leaves his or her knives. Nope. Um, if you go, like if you get fired from one restaurant and you go to another restaurant, you very slowly and methodically put all of your knives uh, in sheaths in this thing that you carry and roll it up and you take it with you. Uh, a chef's knives or a chef's knives. Um, so there was a lot in this movie that I could relate to. I've, I've been with her to several, you know, really nice restaurants. We've, uh, you guys are familiar with the Michelin star rating mm-hmm. system for restaurants. Yeah, um, so a restaurant could either have one, two or three Michelin stars, right? So the absolute pinnacle of a, of a restaurant is if you're able to get that, that three Michelin star rating, that's like almost impossible to get Gordon like Ramsey's maybe... Now. Yeah, well, I don't even think uh, Ramsey has a has a three Michelin star, man. I think he's had maybe maybe a couple of ones. Um, that's how hard it is to no. That's how hard it is to get the that that high up. And so here's what I love about this movie is it's very obvious from the way that they're treating Nick Cage throughout this movie is that he was very much a part of that world. He was obviously they refer to him as chef. And he was obviously, you know, that super, super upper echelon, you know, very unique, very, very, very small amount of people make it as far as he did. And he chose to get out of it because it's so high pressure and there's just so much going on and and, and you're just forced. Um, Like if you guys have seen the movie Chef um, where, you know, that the toward the beginning of the movie Chef, the um, uh I guess the main chef is forced to leave the restaurant because he doesn't want to do the menu that the owner, the new owner comes in and says, just, you know, just do this every night. Just do like steak and vegetables every night, steak and potatoes, nothing else. And he wants to do his own thing. That happens a lot. And that's um, that I think that's beautifully woven into this movie. I I don't totally understand the the underground fight club thing. I think it almost lost me there. Or it was going to for a bit. Um, but when they got back onto the you know, the actual travels of him trying to find his his pig that he's gotten so attached to because he did leave this world, this super glamorous life behind just so he could be on his own. He just wanted all he wanted was his pig. He wanted to be out there with his pig that helped him find the truffles. He would sell them to this kid who would, you know, do kind of almost a like a black market thing where he would get the truffles to the restaurants because they're so sought after. Um, just so much more of a movie than I expected. I was incredibly impressed with this film. Can I jump in real quick? Yeah. Gordon Ramsay's restaurant in London currently has held three stars, Michelin stars, since 2001. 
I thought he was a three star. Well, I stand totally corrected then. So well, that's, that's one throughout, of the things that they preview on his shows and stuff. Yeah, throughout his career, he's been awarded sixteen Michelin stars. That's unbelievable, dude. Which um, is a crazy, crazy amount for a chef. So, no doubt. And he calls people yeah. donuts and donkeys. Yeah, if you think that Gordon Ramsay is just <laughs> okay. a fucking TV chef, he's not. <laughs> so, Brian, does that article tell you uh, which restaurant it is that uh, has held three since 2001? Uh, his signature restaurant, Gordon Ramsay in London. So I think it's okay. named Gordon Ramsay. I think the next time that the wife and I go there, if we ever do again, we, we were actually supposed to go to London for Christmas time in 2000. Needless to say that, or I mean, in 2020, needless to say that didn't work out. So if we ever make it, we'll we'll have to check it out. That's uh, oh, for that's sure. very interesting to know, Brian, because I didn't realize he had had that achievement. Yeah, I had to look it up real quick because I swore I, I've heard that he he's had his one of his restaurants has multiple stars. I would say yeah. that that's a restaurant worth checking out. I mean, yeah, I think it's like creme de la creme. Him and like one other dude who may be dead at this point have had that mi- that many Michelin stars, and then everybody else is like ten below him. So makes sense, yeah. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I definitely agree. This was not the movie I expected to see, um, but it was also very moving and uh, a very sincere, you know, and mm. and. Uh, and Nicolas Cage pulled it off fucking perfectly. This just shows his acting chops. It was something totally different than the stuff he's been doing lately. You know, the crazy things. And uh, I I mean, yeah, the Underground Fight Club, I don't know if it, how, how well it really fit the movie or how much it played a part. I mean, it was fun to watch. Right. Uh, for sure. But like how, how much did it play a part into the plot? I don't know. It was kind of weird. But uh, uh, I, I, honestly, aside from that, and I don't even really have a problem with that part of it, man, I was very pleasantly surprised with this movie, considering it was not what I expected to be watching at all. Uh, and this is this was my second watch, and I was excited to watch it again. So that's that's nice. something. Yeah, it, this I, is a lot. <laughs> good movie, man. Uh, Nick Cage is is no joke. <laughs> All right. Uh let's do scores. Bead, what do you think? Uh <clears throat> you know, I sort of this was definitely an absolutely fantastic film and one I can definitely see myself watching many, many times again in the future. And I'm not gonna lie, guys, I think Nick Cage is brilliant in this film, but and the movie itself is just as equally great as Brute's performance. Uh, I'm gonna go all the way and give this film ten out of ten. <laughs> Whoa! Woo! <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? He lets a lot of shit sit. Like, yeah, in right? in in all of the uh, conversations and stuff. Like, there's a lot of downtime, and it works. Sure. So yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we could talk. I mean, this we could talk about it after spoilers. But the speech that that Brian was telling me about that really hit him in the heart so much is. The guy that could have done something that he really wanted to do, but he kind of yeah. sold out. We'll, we'll talk about it, that after spoilers, right? Great scene. Uh, all right, Brian, what's your score? Take this ride with Bede. This is a 10. 
There, there's yeah, nothing about this movie that I can honestly say is bad. The performances mm-hmm. are great. He lets you know, you, you say what you want about some of his more recent movies, you know, he did it for the check and all that. But he, this one, he showed you, I can fucking still act. Dude, I, to be fair, most of his recent stuff. To be fair. Fucking amazing. <laughs> to be fair. Are, are we getting I mean, t-shirts? We, <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, the, this is our fourth Cage Rage episode we've done for yeah. the show, and and pretty right. much nearly every film we've talked about for the show has been pretty much on point. Like, yeah. I mean, other than The Wicker Man, but that's a whole different story. Hey, every that, movie that, took... that's that's on point in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That exactly. one is fun to watch because of Tim. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But every movie we've talked about, like in these Cage Rage episodes, has been pretty solid overall. And Pig is definitely up there for me as one of the best ones we've talked about in these episodes. <laughs> Lance, what do you think? What's your score? Um, I, I can't go 10 out of 10. Um, and it's not a horror. It's, of course, it's not a horror movie, but I still think it made it onto. Brian, didn't it make it onto your top 10 list last mm-hmm. year? It sure um, did. So it didn't quite make it onto mine, but I will give it a good strong eight out of ten. Um, I think it's a powerful film, and yeah, some of Nick Cage's best acting. Yeah, and most subdued, which in this case worked out really well. To um, be fair. To be yeah, fair. I'll <laughs> I'll go in between those. I'm gonna give it a nine, man. I think this nice. Is, this is a an, an instant classic. And if you're looking for some of Nick Cage's best work, I mean, you know, you've got the classics, of course, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the next movie because there's a hundred throwbacks to him. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Lit- literally, <laughs> yeah. But this one is uh, really good, man. Like it was, a, it was a really solid movie. I was very impressed. Not what I expected at all, but I loved it. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. All right. Uh, I want to throw some spoilers in there before we move on. Yeah, because everybody wants to know whether the pig ended up being bacon or if he he got back to Nick Cage, right? And maybe but, that was my only problem with the, with the ending. But yeah, it uh-huh. was more of a like cook movie than a revenge movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, yeah not, not and very quietly done too. Yeah. The Which at some point I thought it really it. should like, have been like oh, those those meth heads from the beginning. Right. Like I would have felt really good if he'd have just slaughtered them. Wouldn't that have been great? <laughs> huh? Um. Hey. Uh. One thing I do want to. Uh, real quick, because Brian, you you like I said, you kind of touched my heart when you were telling me how much that one scene meant to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the scene where he does go into that other restaurant, right, and he's treated with so much respect because of who he was and all that. Um, but he did have a heart to heart talk, you know, with the chef in that restaurant. Why why did that scene touch you so much? Um, what was oh, it that, that that one. Hmm? Uh, that that was a different scene, uh, but I I enjoyed that scene because he's basically telling the guy like you know you care so much about this restaurant that's not even your what you wanted to do when you first came to see you had a a completely different dream 
mm-hmm. and now you're doing somebody else's dream. You're doing somebody else's. And yeah. how he's, he's like cooking this. Well, it's very yeah. cutting edge. Well, yeah, just there was just so many yes. <laughs> moments throughout this movie where he was just dropping little gems like that. And I, I, I just love he. You didn't really have to get that much about his character when, because when people like, oh, you're who you are, like you kind of felt that instant respect and what what his name kind of the authority that it pulled. And uh, yeah, and the, one of the lines that I, I love, it, uh, what does he say? I uh, wrote it down here. Sometimes, um, sometimes in life, we don't get a lot of things to really care about. And that just kind of like you kind of sit there and you think about it. You know, we don't really get a lot of things that we really care about. And, you know, you got to you got to hold on to those things. And right. This is this movie touched me, uh, it, you know, and, a lot of times throughout the movie. And sometimes you lose them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like the film, I think what so how what it does so beautifully is because, you know, we find that as the story progresses that. Uh, the the character of Rob has lost his wife, and that was one of the key reasons why he went into uh, into seclusion and away from everyone just to deal with his grief. And of course, he gets this truffle pig, who basically is probably the first thing since his wife that he truly loves and cares about. Right. And of course, once the pig dies, well, you find out that the pig is is dead. Mm-hmm. That it hits you, it just hits you in the gut. Uh, and you feel for his character in that moment, yeah. but at the same time, though, it's sort of it. There's a hopefulness to it because you know he ran away from that world that he was a huge part of, just to deal with his grief. And now that since his pig is gone and kind of going back to that world, uh, he sort of realizes that he he's able to move on, and that he has and he can accept his grief and not feel that you know he that is like he's able to move on so it's him finally just you know making peace with him his past self the things that he's lost and and also just you know able to move on and that's why the ending is so beautifully done with him just because at the start of the movie like he has this tape that his wife uh recorded for him where Mm -hmm. she sings her version of uh the bruce springsteen song i'm on fire and he just sits and he he can't yeah, he, he can't bring himself to listen to it, but then he finally sits down and listens to it. It's just him in that moment, like, finally, you know, he's finally, you know, finally ready to move on. Acceptance. And, yeah, acceptance. And it accepted it, exactly. And right. it's such a beautiful way to end the movie. And and it's and what's great, though, is, like, you sit there once that the ending finishes, you just sit there with as the... the the credits roll because you're just so yeah into that moment and that cover is a beautiful cover too yeah absolutely that's exactly what i did i mm-hmm. I, I sat there and watched the entire screen crawl and listened to the song because it's just the kind of movie it is you know mm-hmm. like I, I i hate to compare it to that but it's like that episode mm-hmm. of uh, game of thrones where the dude gets his eyes squished out <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was speaking of the next movie right oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That was exactly. and, uh, but like at the end of that episode all i did was just watch the credits roll and was uh-huh. like dumbfounded and that's sort of yeah. how i was with this movie and a, a lot of it was because it was like 
I had a lot of the anger with me from him about his pig dying. And I'm like, man, he should be taking these dudes out. And uh, he just he accepts it and and moves on. And right. I mean, that's kind of what the movie's about, right? There's some things you can do and there's some things you can't. Yeah, it's so different from what we thought it was going to be, right? Yeah, 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 especially with Nick Cage of all people. Yeah, and it it just it showed his versatility, I think, and yeah. this was a a great role for him to take, and I think he pulled it off perfectly. Like whereas, I can't see anybody else in this role. Whereas I think the next film is going to show his versatility in a completely different way. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Into the next movie. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Appropriately named. <laughs> the fictionalized version of Nick Cage must accept a or one was million it, or dollar. Or was it the fictionalized or version? Was it? Uh, must accept a one million dollar offer to attend the birthday. One million dollars <laughs> of a dangerous superfan, Javi Gutierrez. <laughs> Uh, things take a wildly unexpected turn when Nick Cage is recruited by a CIA operative, Vivian, and forced to live up to his own legend, channeling the most iconic and beloved on-screen characters in order to save himself and his loved ones. Uh, director is Tom Gormican, uh, also known for That Awkward Moment and the TV series Ghosted. Hey, that's the one I talked about last week. Yeah, there you go, yeah. man. Good show. Let things turn around. Uh, writers are Tom Gornikon and uh, Kevin Etten. Um, at the end of Principal Photography, the whole cast was gifted with a pillow with Nicolas Cage's face <laughs> on One of the ones yes. with the sequins. Oh, <laughs> man, I want one now. I know. I hope one of the sequins. Those are going to be available somewhere, somehow, right? Oh, no, they, they have them. been. Yeah, oh, I've they're seen. available. You can buy them. Yeah. Oh, can you? Okay. Yeah. I've seen those a lot. Um, each autographed by himself. Uh, uh, those are a little harder to find. Yeah. This is Nick Cage's 100th film in a leading role. Like wow. Samuel, he's like oh. the white Samuel o. Jackson. Wow. <laughs> or Danny Trejo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bede, we'll go to you yes. first. What did you, th- you're the Nick Cage super fan. What did you think about yes. unbearable weight of massive talent? All right. So basically like, as anyone knows, I'm a huge Nick Cage fan. And over the last few years, you kind of hear all the crazy films that he's been in. Like, of course, sure. Mandy or Willy's Wonderland or Color Out of Space. You're like all these different bizarre all roles fantastic. that he's plays. Even, all even fantastic. Mom, even Mom and Dad. It was a good one. Exactly. 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 And you kind of think like, oh, I mean, Nicolas Cage has played every bizarre character. Where's the next logical step for him to go, and that answer is legit playing himself in a movie. And when I first heard about <laughs> this movie, I'm like, yes. And when I first heard about this film, I'm like, yeah, I am so in. And uh, I w- definitely got to say, this movie, without a doubt, delivers. Because this film is, without a doubt, like a true celebration of both Nicolas Cage, the actor, and his films. And right. I was, yeah, because I was kind of worried because... Like, being that this is has Nicolas Cage playing himself, it's going to have a complete meta aspect about it. Like, is the film going to be a bit smug about it, or is Nick Cage going to be way too on the joke? Like, it's very right, impre- right. apparent, like, 
Nick Cage is aware of, you know, his meme ability over the last couple of years, but he still does a completely great job as himself in the movie, or at least making a version of himself. Um, like, he's a lot of fun throughout this whole film. And it's good to kind of see him in a full-blown comedy because it's been a long time since we've seen him in a role like this. And he's just fantastic. And him also playing up his image and what everyone knows about him of being, like, going his full method in his acting roles and just saying yes to any movie role that comes his way. And also meeting uh, Pedro Pascal's character, who I am 100% convinced is actually based on me. Um, <laughs> you think so, and, huh? Yeah, are you I, are you involved a little bit in of you, <laughs> a little bit yes. of you, a little bit of Colombian drug lord? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, to be fair, I do. I am a Colombian drug lord in my spare time, but you know that's beside okay. the point. But anyways, um, <laughs> but sort of what for me, what makes this whole film is the relationship between those two characters because when. Cage and Pascal are on screen together. The movie just sort of is just magical, especially like with them hanging out and Pascal just being in complete awe of Cage. And it's there's so many great funny moments throughout. And like I love the scene where they <laughs> where Cage asks like Pascal like what are his three favorite films, and of course first one being Face Off, and then <laughs> the yeah, one of the ones being right. Paddington Two, and Cage is like really Paddington Paddington Two, and then he goes watches the movie and he's like full bawling at the end of the movie. Paddington Two is fucking great, <laughs> exactly. And also like I love the scene where uh, they get high on drugs. <laughs> and they think that, and they, and they think that some uh, some bad guys are following him. That like, oh yeah, spies is pretty hilarious. Which is in the trailer, and, and it's hilarious in the trailer right. too. Exactly, that is exactly. The scene, just, and they give it to you straight. Exactly, and like I said, it's just a full celebration of Nick Cage. This whole film, and it's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of great funny moments. Like the supporting cast are great, and you know. Like it's not to say it, it doesn't. It, the film has doesn't have flaws. It definitely does. Uh, but for most part, though, I think the film does a really good job at kind of showing us why Nick Cage is as beloved as he is, without take like kind of sh- celebrating that without taking the absolute piss out of him as well right. in a kind of a patronizing way. So I think the film right, finds right. that good balance of being a good celebration of Nicolas Cage, both the actor and the man himself. All right, nice, Brian. What do you think? Loved it. This this <laughs> is this movie is a celebration of everything Nick Cage, which we should always celebrate anything Nick Cage. And I loved all the references, uh, uh, him oh, yeah. playing a version of himself, which might not really be a version of himself. Just he just might be just playing his actual self. Is amazing. <laughs> uh, the bead you brought up, the Paddington scene. Uh, the, the the scene also was brought up was uh, when they were high and they thought somebody was following them. The the whole wall thing of, yes. of him just not to go into spoilers, but just to him them right, acting out right. a scene in a movie where he's just like, No, you gotta go on without me and he's like, No <laughs> was fantastic. Um Tiffany Haddish, I thought she she did well as you know, for, for what she was doing. She was, you know, barely in the movie. Yeah, right. well, both both the FBI guys. Because uh, and who's the other guy? Uh, Ike Barrowholtz. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But oh, I, I love yeah. that scene where 
every time she's bringing up a movie, it's like the Croods or you know something like <laughs> yeah. that. And he's just like, right, something in her real. He's just like, why the who the fuck? You know, I'm a grown man. You know, why would I watch the Croods too? <laughs> right. You know? When I see Nick Cage, I think Con Air, The Rock. You know. Yeah, the classic stuff, huh? And Pedro Pascal's Jaime. I would hang out with this guy. This guy seems oh, like so sure. much fun. He seems like an absolute sweetheart, and just I, I, just the way he played that role of in awe of Nick Cage, and just the smile on his face every time he's looking at him. Like I, I can, I can really see that happening to me if I'm hanging out with Nick right. Cage for the day. Yeah, and sure. <laughs> this, unlike Pig, which I didn't know, it gave me something I didn't know I was getting. This gave yeah. me everything I wanted in oh, a Nick Cage well playing said. himself. Very well a Nick said. Cage playing himself in a spy thriller action movie comedy it just had a little bit of everything in it and i thought it was fantastic yeah way better than the uh, melissa mccarthy spy movie oh ouch <laughs> ouch which actually wasn't terrible i gotta say it was a super intelligence I can't remember. He's talking about just spy. The one oh, where uh, the Jason Statham? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, it, but, was, it wasn't awful. It wasn't <laughs> this movie. <laughs> no. Sure. no, no, two totally. It, had, it had a very important thing missing, and that was Nick Cage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at that, Lance, right? Did Nick Cage make this movie for you? It's gonna be a tough. It's gonna be a very, very tough year for me. Um. I don't know. Uh, last year, I, I, I was kind of down on a lot of movies. I thought that uh, last year, not only the stuff we talked about, but like the yeah. Oscar movies and things like that, I thought we had a really down year. And yeah. I think somehow they're making up for it this year. And I don't know why or what it is, but like between this one and the one I saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. These are like, see, these are both neck and neck for my favorite film of the year I, I i would consider this really almost masterpiece level um really? it's just it, yeah it really is good <laughs> it's just it, it's everything you you expected it to be but in the way you were hoping that it would be like whereas pig was nothing you expected it to be in a way that you're glad it wasn't what you thought it was going to be if any of that makes sense at all yeah um but those scenes were like he was talking to young nick cage like the oh nicky yeah, Nikki from like the days of um, um, like honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, mm. and uh, oh, what was the one he was in um, where he was so? Pr- oh, the one where they kidnapped the baby. Oh, uh, raising oh, uh, again. Yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah, what I yes. love. It really what makes I, me think I gotta, about that. Yeah, well, what I love about Nikki, uh-huh. <laughs> the Cage's like a younger alternative self in this film. Because if you, I, I this is how much of a Nick Cage I fan fan I am because I notice like the clothes that character wears and I realize I've seen those exact clothes somewhere before because those are the same clothes uh, Nick Cage wore for like an interview back in the early nineties where he like came out on stage as like kicking the air and throwing stuff <laughs> at the audience and stuff like like that okay. whole video is like a meme of itself and it's an amazing video Holy and shit. I I just had I was like very giddy. Yeah, not only that, this is the same look, the same okay. hairstyle, everything is based right. on that on that interview. So even, I was like excited to see that. Even the toothpick, dude? Did he yeah, have even the toothpick? The tooth- yeah. Oh my yeah. god. 
I, it was probably <laughs> a very integral moment right. in his life and one that he looks back on, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and we found out Nick Cage can smooch. Nick yes. Cage can smooch. <laughs> you tell him. That was a little silly, but okay. Yeah, no, great movie, man. Yeah, like I said, it's it's in the running for my favorite film of the year so far. Uh, yeah, man. I I don't have anything negative to say about it. Uh, to be honest, it's just it was exactly what I wanted from this movie. You know what I mean? Like it was a a good like buddy movie, and then it had like some spy aspects. And it was just mm-hmm. very self-aware of what it was doing, and uh, they, yes. they they pulled it off perfectly. I think this is an instant classic. It was it was no Titanic two, that's no. for sure. Uh, dude, I, I'll watch this <laughs> one again in a heartbeat. This I, is I would like to. I would like to see a little more Tiffany Haddish. Something about her. She's yeah. not like super hot, but something about her kind of turns me on. I don't know what it is. Just her attitude, I guess, maybe. But I don't know. I'm starting to really like her and everything I see her in. It's that tennis ball head. That'll get you slapped, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I – and, yeah, she's 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 hilarious, too. I, I, I kind of wish the CIA guys had had more of a part in this because both of them are funny as hell. Mm. Uh, Tiffany Haddish and the other guy, whatever the fuck his name was. <laughs> the dude from all the Seth Rogen movies. Um yeah. and uh I yeah, like it was it, it pretty fucking impressive, man. This is one that I can watch over and over and over again and uh will uh, immediately become a classic. Uh, this is this is probably going to be one of my favorite movies eventually. Not yet because I've only seen it once, but Right? Sure, sure. I think it has a real good potential of getting there. And the man and the Mandalorian. (laughs) I can never, I can never think of him again without seeing the Mandalorian. (laughs) Well, dude, and they threw in a, uh, Captain Coretti's mandolin. Is that was was Captain Coretti's mandolin? Absolutely. (laughs) They, they have a lot of references references to that. I was like, Holy shit, I forgot about that. Movie. I had forgotten about it too, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, this whole film is just like, it goes deep. It deep dives into a lot deep of Deep dive, like, yes. Yeah, yeah sure. it's a Cage's work, particularly his 90s stuff. Like, I know, like, uh, even Guarding Tess is brought up yes. <laughs> at a certain point in the movie. <laughs> Which is another as well. one I forgot about. Another one I've forgotten about. <laughs> But I did love the Captain Corelli's Mandolin one as well, because I thought that was a great little running gag throughout the whole film. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I think and, I think we're all in agreement. This yeah, this, man. That, this that episode, chemistry this episode, between those two guys uh-huh. is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. I, like I loved every when both of them were on screen at the same time, I loved every scene that they were in. That that does make a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I, this, well, I this show's like, going to be up there with Into the Spider-Verse for us guys, score-wise, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go uh, scores. Bede, what do you think? Is it as yeah, good as Pig? I would say it's as good as Pig, because, you know, they're completely two different movies. But I do think this right. one is a lot of fun. And like I said, it's a true blue celebration of Nick Cage. So if you're a big Nick Cage fan, you're going to love this movie it's just a lot of from a lot of fun from beginning to end 
Cage is fantastic in, as both himself and as his has his alter ego, Nicky Cage. Um, sure, sure. <laughs> and I love how at the end of the movie, like uh, Nicky is credited under Nicholas Cage's real name, uh, Nicholas Kim Coppola, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> no um, shit. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch yeah. that. <laughs> of course, of course this movie goes deep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's definitely some aspects. I think that the movie could have gone a little further with, like, I think, as much as the spy stuff was a lot of fun, they could. I think it, it feels probably not as good as say the stuff with Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal because that to me was like some of the big highlight stuff. But yeah. the spy stuff still a lot of fun. Like it's a hugely entertaining film and one that I think every Nick Cage fan needs to check out. So I think my rating for it is definitely a eight out of ten. Nice, nice score. Ah, oh, I would have expected higher. Well, I need to see it again because I did plan yeah. on seeing it again before the I'm show, sure but will. I didn't get it. Yeah, I, but I didn't get a chance to. But I, I can see my rating go up higher on repeat viewings. Uh, Brian, I'll go up higher. This is a nine. I need to see the further adventures of Nick Cage and Jaime. It's, it's, com- it's coming. <laughs> it's just coming. I think. Be like you said, just everything yeah. with their interactions it just i felt like i was watching a sequel to Step Brothers. like i was yeah. watching <laughs> two people just become best friends all of a sudden and right? it was <laughs> fantastic i loved all the nick cage references some we'll talk about in uh spoilers but yeah this is a so this is at the top of my list for the year they really nice. did have that moment, huh? Did we just yeah. become best friends? Yep. Especially especially <laughs> when especially when they when they when they do drugs. Yeah. They, 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 you could see they really connected with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Paddington too. Uh, Lance, what do you think? I, lo- I loved it when they were tripping on acid, and they saw the two guys, and they yeah, said, "Are they looking at us? They, don't 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 look! Don't look! Are they looking at us?" <laughs> and then they run away, and they see two other guys, one of which also happens to have ginger hair. And the other one kind of looks a little bit like the other guy and said, there they are again! I think it was the same guys. They just ran around the same area. <laughs> Is that what it... See, I must have been tripping, dude. I thought it was two totally different guys. So Yeah, I, just, I think they just ran around a building and came oh, around. Oh, then it's another... It's a, it's a rewatch. It's a rewatch for sure. But I'll I'll give this one 9 out of 10. Um, this this Like I said, this is going to be in the in the running for, for tops for me this year. It's easy 9 out of 10. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the only one I can think of so far for tops this year. I, I'm going to give it a nine and a half, man. I, I love Damn. this movie. Yeah, nice. dude, it's it, it's fantastic. This is this is one that I can see myself watching over and over again and not getting sick of. And I my list of movies that I can do that with are stupid, but I'll tell them to. Yeah, and Stepbrothers <laughs> is one of them, right? <laughs> what, what is it? Step Brothers is one of them, right? Step Brothers, uh, yeah, Step Brothers is probably one of them. Not one that I had considered, but like uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Uh, Austin one. Powers Three is is, <laughs> is a classic. All, all of those for you. Yeah. Pulp, Pulp Fiction, I can watch over and over. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I think this one jumps on that list, man. I can watch this movie over and over again. I love those buddy comedies, man. And it wasn't even like guttural laughs going through the whole thing, but it was like so many little chuckle moments that were fantastic. And they really pulled it off. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned.
This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. Not much to spoil, is there? I mean, we got what we thought we were going to get, right? Yeah, I mean, we can mm. continue on with the when they uh, ran from the, the two guys they swore was following them. <laughs> I, I love it because uh, it's a, another Nick Cage movie reference. He wants Nick Cage to drive the car, and he's like, I can't drive. And he was like, but you you did all your stunts and gone in 60 seconds. And he was like, that's true. <laughs> so, he jumps in the car. And then he runs over a bunch of cars and bicycles. And, shit. <laughs> and then uh, and then I love the, the, the reveal of uh, Javi Shrine. Because okay. he was like, if because he he thinks that's where the girls kidnapped, and he was yeah. like, if you go in there, it's gonna change the way you think of me. And he goes in there, and it's that just was, like, yeah, that was well done. That was well done. He's got the chainsaw yeah. for Mandy. Yeah. Huh? Yep. Yep. <laughs> He's got the the, the diapers was, from Raising Arizona. As yeah. The um, you mentioned the little uh, nuclear little the little bead things from uh, The Rock. Oh yeah, 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 he has them out. But See, I just, this is a movie you got to watch over and over and over. But I love when he goes up to the mannequin and he's just talking right? about how grotesque it is. Uh-huh. I'll give you twenty thousand for it. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Like you could definitely, I could definitely see Nick Cage actually doing that in real life. Just yeah. going, this this mannequin, it's so grotesque. I'll buy it right now. <laughs> you think you think that was a callback to like his uh, his overspending on on stuff? I, I would say so. I would say so, especially when like when he bought a bloody dinosaur skull. Yeah, <laughs> and then he wanted to try to buy Dracula Castle as well. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Maybe he'll do that once in the next Dracula movie, right? Yeah, he yeah. bought he bought multiple houses because he heard that they were haunted. Yeah. Well, yeah, the one yeah. in New Orleans, the yeah. LaLaurie La, La mansion. But I think he lost it. That one, that one the IRS got from him. <laughs> they took that one back. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. they'll get you every time. Well, yeah. that's the thing, though. Like, I know because Nicolas Cage was kind of very apprehensive about being in this film, and I can understand why, especially since it is he's going to be playing himself. But I feel like the movie kind of does treat all the quirky things about him with respect and love rather than just being being mean-spirited yeah. about it because you could easily have made because you could easily like take the piss out of like his like insane spending sprees and stuff like that but the movie finds gags where it actually is funny and not not laughing at his expense or anything like that so i think that's yeah. how you can definitely tell the people behind this film are huge fans of his and really just sort of treated him with respect throughout this whole film well, and a couple of people in the movie are huge fans yeah. of his, and it's like their his movies have changed their life, and mm. that shit happens, you know. Yeah, because yeah, I, I loved in the beginning the girl that gets kidnapped. What is she watching? She's watching a Nick oh. Cage film. Yeah, is she really? Yeah, um, and then see, when see, I got to go back and rewatch this, guys. There's oh, so yeah, much. Yeah, and then when they when when she realized who's rescuing her at the end, she was like, "Nick Cage, that's fucking cool." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Actually, do you guys think it's streaming anywhere yet where I might can find it? Uh, a sale the probably not yet. I mean, okay. I would be surprised it'll be start streaming soon, given how quick of, of a turnaround movies going from cinemas to streaming yeah. services are. Yeah. So I don't think it'll be too long until you hmm. I, I want to say it will be streaming soon because I think the Blu ray is supposed to come out near the end of the month. 
Okay. Oh, so oh probably, that would be nice. Probably a little too soon for me, or I mean, a little too late at night for me to get down to the theater, huh? Especially after about six beers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not a good idea. Okay. Hey, I went uh, to go see it at like ten thirty last night because there was only one theater yeah? still playing it. Yeah. Well, because there you Doctor go, Strange but came you made out. It. So it took right. a, it Yeah, Doctor Strange took, took a lot of theaters up. So uh, there, there was some other bullshit that came out this week that nobody gives a shit about. But exactly. <laughs> so, uh, B, thanks for joining us, brother. Yeah, I'm always more than happy to come on the show. It's always a pleasure, and it's always fun talking Nick Cage and other movies with you guys. And I look forward to coming back again in the future. All right, well, real quick, man, run down. Tell us what's coming up on on your networks and what you and Marcy have planned for us this this month. Indeed, indeed. So basically, we just uh, by the time this episode drops, our first episode of Troma Month on the Tubi Tuesday Ooh. podcast will be out. So the very first film we're going to be doing is The Toxic Avenger, which is basically, nice. you know, the quintessential film when they people think of Troma. And we're doing other Troma films throughout the month, so definitely keep a listen for those. And also we got other shows coming up very soon. We're doing uh, – we recorded an episode of – a new episode of Podcasters of Horror. So we're going to be – that episode's going to be on the first season of Channel Zero. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. And also, uh, also Marcy is uh, the King Zone Book Club, the spinoff to the King Zone podcast is out now as well, which uh, Marcy and uh, Stephen, her co-host, they talk about the Stephen King short stories, uh, word, processor of, word processor of the gods and uh, sorry, right number. So that's out now as well. And also we got okay. some other episodes of right. the shows coming out this month as well. And uh yeah, so we definitely have a lot of stuff in the pipeline, but I think Troma Month is going to be a quite a big one for us for the Two Be Tuesdays podcast because I mean it's Troma, like it, it's gonna yeah, we're gonna tackle dude. as many movies it sounds as we that can. Way, man. And yep. I yeah. just beat, beat. I just want you guys to know that when our Troma stuff comes out, we did not rip off your idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We 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 but do have a we do have a Troma retrospective coming here soon. Nice, but. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Yes. Um, and one day, if, if, if Brian and I ever finally get our shit together and watch more episodes of Hannibal, the uh, TV show Hannibal will actually finally start releasing some uh, Patreon-only shows. Right, Brian? Yep, they will uh, come to Patreon first, and eventually we'll release them to everybody else after. Yeah, and look COVID for some... Uh, well, while we're talking about uh, that, guys, look for a few re-releases uh, over the next couple of days. I think I'm actually going to have some free time that I can re-edit some older movies because we had a particular musical uh, distribution company that that fucked us up the ass and literally told us we can't play anything with bits, snippets of their music and got us taken off literally taken off of uh, our platform. So we're having to re-edit it with the music taken out. Bit of a pain in the ass, but uh, you know what? You know who you are out there? So. It looks like you're doing it to me. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> Unless your name is New Universal Music. Um, okay, as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. Uh, we would love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can always reach us at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com. Or just send an email with your name, 
address and how you very first heard about our show, and you're in the running for a steelbook of Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, you have until June 1st. That's quite a bit of time, but uh, don't let it slip away because um, it'll be here before you know it. You can find us at our at our regular website, which is just simply thehorrorreturns.com, uh, and follow all of our social media links from there. Uh, next week, we're going to check out the original Firestarter. Um, and I would we would play that song Firestarter. I know. But, um, unfortunately, <laughs> we'd probably get fucking taken down, so we That's won't. That's my immediate thought. Um, <laughs> See, <laughs> but we're I, also see gonna, there's a way. I was going to say, there's one way you could get around that is just sing the songs yourselves. I'm going to need a mohawk. See, see, Try see they can't take it down <laughs> if you sing the songs yourselves. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because it's a cover version, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so we're also going to check out the new Firestarter. So, uh, Brian, until the horror returns again. Good night.